like, I kind of, sometimes when I'm like, I, nobody talked to me, I want to be like, you can beat me. Right. Exactly. Um, but you can beat me boobless. Boobless. Yes. <laughs> How, what was that? Two, two, three, seven, eight, zero, zero, eight. Absolutely. Boobless. Boobless. And then it's two, right? Yeah. It's two. No, it's five. Five, five, five. There goes my number. Okay. Dyslexia. This is, that should just cut been this out. left for people to figure out on their own. <laughs> Hey sisters. Hey sisters. This is Jesse and Gretchen. And welcome back to your favorite podcast. <laughs> At least we hope it is. Yeah, well, it is now. I decided. <laughs> um bye sisters for every whoa, hang on. Bye sisters about sisters and for every body. One. Dang, I was we'll so close. <laughs> so close, so close. So, how have you been, Gretchen? I've been pretty good. I witnessed my very first preschool graduation and I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm sold on this concept of preschool kids graduating, but they're pretty cute in their caps and gowns. And there's a lot of like photo ops. So whatever, it's fine. Well, now you, you have to look forward to, you have kindergarten graduation, fifth grade graduation, eighth grade graduation. And then I just like promposals. Yeah. And then real graduation. And I guess like well, that makes or, me a jerk to say real graduation. First graduation from high school. Like me and my husband were just kind of like looking at each other with side eyes, having both been to grad school plus. Yeah. Kind of thinking, this is, you know, starting kind of early if we're going to have this many graduations. Did you have to buy the cap and gown or were they all like from a bin? Oh, no, no. These were like just wear them, throw them in the bin when you're done. That's my favorite ones. Like half of them I, don't zip up anymore. Fact, that kind of thing. I was supposed to buy this stole when I graduated with my master's and no one, like no one from my family was coming to my graduation that we won't unpack that right now. It's not therapy, but I was like, no one's coming. Like, I don't even have to walk in this ceremony, but I'm doing it just because it's my own thing. And then they wanted me to like rent this stole for like 150 bucks. And I was like, yeah, okay, no. And so I'm just standing in line and some guy was like, one of the, you know how you have these people that like basically herd all the sheep. Yeah. It's like, well, you're supposed to wear that. I was like, okay, well, I'm not. Well, and he tried to make it this big deal about what are you going to do when you get hired by another place and, and you don't follow the rules. He's like, where are you even going to work after this? <laughs> I said, Did you say here? <laughs> right here at Texas A&M <laughs> in your department. So that's a fun fact. Anyway. Thanks, sir. So that's, that's, you know. Just not really what happened in my life this week, but brought up a really interesting story. Yeah. Well, I got the, I got the, to graduate, you had to pay $1,500 for all the regalia. And I said, cool, cool, cool. I'll be walking across my living room. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Dun, when I, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wait, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, I would have walked for my doctorate if I knew I was getting it, which is a yeah. topic for a completely different podcast. Right. right exactly. Um, I've also been uh, binging a very uh, awesome new Netflix show that I'm sure if anyone, if it's possible for you to have not seen this by now, go watch Heartstopper because it's cute and fun. I, well, I resisted it for a while just because it was everybody's favorite new thing, but and it was really flooding good. my Instagram feed and my Facebook feed. And then I finally watched it because you told me to, and I, I watched good. it all in a it's day really and I want to watch it again. 
Yeah, it's good. Um, it's a good happy show for when you don't really want to think too much kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's also really good. I don't want to be like, oh, it's like Tom and Jerry cartoons. But it's not going to make you get too much in your, like, bad feels. Like, a lot of shows run you I, through I the think it's very it's gonna, relatable. It's going to keep you in the good feels. If you're into toxic positivity, it's totally for you. Just kidding. So, actually, Everyone's it is. a teenager in love, we hope. It's very, honestly, it provides a good segue to our topic today, which is Tegan and Sarah, the band, Yay. the girls, women. Um, actually, I, I'm in my head, they're girls because I just finished their autobiography. Um, and? Oh, man. Like, this is going to be kind of a book review. It, And I'm going to avoid spoilers as much as possible. And then when I'm editing, I'm going to have to probably pull some out. But they are... I've always thought they were incredible. They were born in Calgary, Canada. First of all, if you don't know who Tegan and Sarah are, you, you already said that, didn't you? The, yeah, they're the a band. Um, they're identical twins who formed a yeah. band that they have a very unique sound. So mm -hmm. I discovered Tegan and Sarah when the queer music scene, they are both lesbians, but I discovered them when your options were like Indigo Girls, Ani DeFranco, Lilith Fair. Okay, but see, I love or all yeah, me too. <laughs> like, like, no I'm not gonna lie. I love <laughs> I love both of these options. So like that's one option, and the other one is like bikini kill riot girl stuff. So yeah, like awesome. they kind of met in the middle because they were huge fans of grunge. So they brought that to that. twins sharing an acoustic guitar. Like that's and how that's they started. Probably why we both like them so much because we also did kind of like that whole grunge scene. We liked grunge music, but we were sisters sharing one guitar. And by sharing one guitar, I mean, I looked at I a brown Fisher Price tape player. Uh, oh, my love. <laughs> um, I but, and if everyone's thinking, I don't know who these people are, I will tell you just with a short, short riff how you do know them because everything is awesome. Didn't they sing that song? They did sing that song. I haven't seen I the Lego movies. <laughs> I haven't either, but it's like everyone knows that song and it's not a great example of their work, but <laughs> probably, I'm just saying you probably do know Tegan and Sarah and don't think you know Tegan Oh and yeah. Yeah. Like they have, I just want back in your head. I know, but I'm serious. Every Tuesday morning. Everything plays is awesome. Everyone knows. Oh uh, yeah. Everybody knows know everything a lot is awesome. Of good songs, I'm just, just trying like, to also say they have good music. Um, <laughs> that's no, that's a great song. That's a great, like play it in a group of kids song. It's not baby shark. So let's rock. Everything is awesome. Gretchen is looking around her, her computer. No, just the outside. ignore anything that happens on this side of the screen, because directly after our recording, I have a meeting and apparently have some things flashing at me. So just okay. ignore anything that happens on this side of the screen. All right. As you regale us with your tail regale with the tail and this is why we decided not to put these up on youtube at least not to this point if you really want them on youtube let us know we'll, we'll do it mm, not i don't think we them. saved the video but nope. when tegan and sarah kind of hit the music scene they weren't i wouldn't say that they came out and said hello we're identical twin lesbians listen to our music but just something about their vibe just got scooped up by a lot of queer um mostly women or women identified and non-binary folks but they kind of they they bridged the sounds that were available which is 
just really cool. And the people that they've toured with since then have run the gamut, like Neil Young, Weezer, like all spectrum because oh, they I didn't realize they toured the Weezer. That would have been a concert I would have loved to be at. Man, me too. Absolutely. I don't even know when that tour was. And I've seen Weezer like 15 times, but that was all pre-Maladroit. But anyway, pre-Maladroit. Um, their album Maladroit. Before oh, I don't that, that was when I saw them. Yeah. I literally know the one where th- that's blue with all of them on the cover that says Weezer that came out. That's like the, the blue album. Oh, I know the blue <laughs> album. Yeah. And they have a but green if album. If you too. want to destroy my sweater, I'm going to walk away. That's all I have to say about that. Hold this thread, though. Otherwise, if you're going to destroy my sweater and I walk away, you don't destroy I me. forgot about that line. Oh, yeah. God, I'm killing it. <laughs> all right. Go ahead. So they were born two days after you, Gretchen. Stop. Like same year and everything. Same year and everything. I didn't realize that they were like, I kind of wish they'd been like at this, the middle between me and you, like that was their birthday. But I, I love that they were born two days after you. Um, I, if mom would have just crossed her legs, we could have been triplets. Yikes. I don't like thinking that <laughs> that poor woman who had to cross her legs for two days. So they had a very, li- so I listened to their audiobook, and I encourage everybody if you can to listen to the audiobook because it includes some of their very early tapes, like sitting in their, in their bedrooms recording. Like we did like yes, our early yes. tapes, the but they're so much better than we were. <laughs> uh, anything is better than me reading a poem, making you make seagull noises in the background. Wait, we did that. Oh yeah. Well, it probably wasn't you. It was probably our brother. He had to make all the sound effects. I, okay. I vividly remember, this is such a tangent. I apologize. I vividly remember, though, getting this poetry book from the library and thinking, we need to record this. Like, we need to record us reading poems. And so you and I alternated reading the poems. And our brother was in charge of the sound effects, along with whoever else wasn't reading. So was Um, this like, was this the actual inspiration for Raggedy Auntie? I feel like, probably. But like, I, we would sit in the room and record front and back of like a 90 minute tape. I am so sorry for anyone we forced to listen to that. Probably our entire family. That also, is can you apologize to our brother because he definitely No, that's his to- lot in life. That's his birth <laughs> order. He has to do the sound effects walking around in the background. Did we make so, him yes. walk around so it sounded no, like No, that it was not. I'm assuming it was better than that. Yeah, there's so like one of my favorite parts of the audiobook is when like in their experience, Sarah was the one who was a little bit more of a focused writer. Sarah at the in their early stages, Sarah was writing a lot of the songs, but the song that she wrote was very sweet. It was like Tegan didn't go to school today and they were in high school. Like that's when they started writing. They found um they found their stepdad's guitar and just started playing around with it, but they found the guitar and they would like sneak it back and like, we weren't playing guitar, but then they got caught and it was like, yes, you're playing guitar. And it was awesome. Um, but they actually, they started gigging when they were in high school. Gigging. Oh, gigging means like playing gigs and like going out and playing music you and kind of said playing gigs, but that's neither here nor there. Well, everybody <laughs> says gigging. No, no, they don't. Okay. Well, some people say no, gigging and they mean like, world catching frogs so maybe i should have exactly i'm like there are people that would be like are we like remember i live in college station home of texas a&m university yes so they started playing music in venues (laughs) in like 
later years of high school, they won a battle of the bands and it was probably like, like, I can't imagine that experience. They write about it, but also, but they also write about it as like, this is what we, this is how it was. But like, to me, being one of the other bands, these adult rock bands and these two teenage girls get up there and like can barely hold their guitar and they're, they're singing in unison, but something was magical about them. And part of what they won was like a promotion package. And that's when like 1999 was when they kind of hit the scene. Now you were a senior in 99. Mm-hmm. And as they're worrying about graduating from high school in Canada and missing all this class, cause they're going to play in malls. And that was back when malls did things. They were also going- probably listening to Prince's 1999 on repeat as we did our senior year. Just saying. Maybe. Maybe. They, they'd listen to it at least once. It's a fact if you were class yeah. of 99. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Um, <clears throat> so they just kind of went like after high school, it was just, let's hit the scene. And what's really cool is they, they have like the traditional trajectory of like demo tapes and then EP like first album. And then don't ask what EP stands for. Cause I don't know. And, but I do know that that is a thing, right? Yeah. Maybe Google machine it. I'm going to find out. So then they like, they have the typical stair steps, but they're all happening when they're 17. So it's really like, to me, it's really, really cool that their music go what? Yes. It's called an extended play record. Um, I believe this is probably an antiquated thing that we continue to use. I would think so too, because it's also a versus long play or like LP. Um, they're considered less expensive and time consuming for an artist to produce. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I need to be more engrossed in the music scene. Okay. Continue. I, that was yeah, not I, helpful. I, I have no idea. Maybe it's like, uh, maybe it's like a demo plus. I'm sure it means a lot if you're in like a recording studio, but yeah, and I am not. not a place I frequent doesn't mean a whole lot to me. So they self-released their first album in 1999 under feet like ours. And my favorite thing about it is that they were of course still teenagers and they got the copy of their, their master tape. And then they dubbed all their own tapes. So like put it in one side and record on the other and then distributed it themselves. But wait, they had like, so they didn't like go to a recording studio or something. Yes. Yes. They won recording studio time. And like that, but they didn't really have like any production money, obviously. So they just, the, the place just gave them a tape. So I think they I got mean, like 99 a, was not tape era. 99 was definitely CD era. Right. But they, if they got a CD, they put it on tapes. Oh, okay. 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 So, gotcha. Like, I'm not positive that like, well, okay. 100% All right. So 99 was also not like burning CDs was just coming on the scene. Right. So. Okay. I can understand. Got it. Okay. I'm there. Yeah. So if they got a CD, they had no way of like burning it. Probably they distributed gotcha. tapes okay. on their own. Yeah. 
Yeah. They couldn't There's like someone out there going. You couldn't like what? First of all, like this is how fast our technology has moved. There's someone if, if you are like considerably younger listening to this, you're probably like, I don't even know what burning a CD is. Yeah, oh, that's that right. It's a very clear phase where that was. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I'll throw my music dubbing tapes, burning CDs. We've lived through it all, girl. We have. We have lived through <sighs> everything. If you're if you're listening and confused, just just Google it, trying to explain how that works. Google is, all the things. Yeah. <laughs> we really we don't need to know. Going back to high Basically, school. Basically, they bit. were making a playlist. They were making a playlist in a really old fashioned way of their music. Right. There right. But, but there are now like there's TV shows that have mixtapes in them. And it's like, look at this vintage find. So, you know, never mind that I still have one. Um, I don't Not have you. a way to play Sorry. it, but I have one. I, I made a face and I realized you could have thought it was about you. I need to throw out all of my technology right now because everything's like blowing up with these questions that are. Okay. Well, I know. I feel like podcasts need to be recorded without any technology around. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, except maybe the microphone. Um, yeah, and the device that we're recording onto, <laughs> okay, which is not the, a tape. All the yeah, you're right. Never mind those. We could we could do um one we'll on dub tape. it to tapes and <laughs> and hand it out on the, the street corner. Um, I just but I just love that mental image of these kids because they were kids. I mean, when I look at at. 18 17 to 19 year olds and i'm like wow you really are kids but we felt like 100 percent adults oh i know well and that's one thing i think to circle back for one moment at Heartstopper is like that magical era of like making these adult decisions and then big decisions we made some like you really do make some identity shifting decisions at that age but making these adult decisions and then and the very core of it it's v- everything is still very childlike and new. Oh yeah, absolutely. They it started with walking with a ghost, which um, a lot of people know. I Some know, people know the White Stripes version because that was kind oh. of like yeah. So um, Jack White heard their album and wanted to use Walking with a Ghost, so they gave him permission to record it. But their version was on Grey's Anatomy. And that's where a lot of people first heard them, but then they have had six songs on Grey's Anatomy, which is a pretty big deal. I didn't and, realize that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I when do you really, really listen to the music? Oh, I, whenever I hear Tegan and Sarah, I'm like, that's Tegan and Sarah. Oh, so okay. that's that's me. Um, but between '99 and 2004, they had four albums, and so jealous was like a big deal and they recently re-recorded so jealous and called it still jealous but they have also done an album of all of those high school songs and that's cool yeah it's really it's really they've re obviously re-recorded it remastered everything because their first album was them and and in the book they really describe just how like they were very just like caught up in the music and going where the music takes them. And Tegan's chapters are very full. They also alternate chapters. So Tegan's chapters are very full of like, and then we did this thing and Sarah's chapters are, and then I guess we did this thing because Tegan said so. And it's very like, it's very much reminds me of when you're like, Hey, remember just now when you're like, Hey, remember that, that poetry tape we made. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how you don't remember that. Um, I probably blocked it out. 
I, I also just like went along with stuff a lot, but there, yeah. so if you want to hear their high school songs, it's the album. Hey, I'm just like you. Hey, I'm but, just like you. Okay. Yeah. But through all of this, all of this, like, I would consider it a meteoric rise because they had such a deep impact on my early two thousands, but they had a very standard progression. Like you do yourself tapes. Maybe that was not standard, but you do, you take it step by step. And then, you know, you have, you plant songs, you get songs that are commissioned. And then here we are Tegan and Sarah, but the cool thing about them was they were never like, they never had the Sam Smith moment, the Lance Bass moment. They were queer on the the scene from go. Yeah. 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 And there's trying to link Sam Smith and Lance Bass in like a musical sense. And I was like, I don't really know what we're looking for here. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so (laughs) they were notably queer from go and it just wasn't out in high school and stuff too. They, that's a very interesting. Because so that's I'm, a kind of the era of like, mm, mm, like you know, like you would know some people, but it was still kind of stigmatized. Oh yeah, and it was. I mean, it was certainly stigmatized where they lived. But um, one thing that they've said in interviews many times is that they, so Sarah was Sarah was the first one to really come out because she had a girlfriend in high school, and she came out to her mom, and it was according to interviews, it was not initially received well, but that's also the era of if you're gay, you get AIDS. If you're gay, you're going to be killed. Like that's still a worry nowadays, but it's not as heavy hitting as it was back then. It was also um, just this generalized, like what's going to happen, like stigmas and even, even parents. And there's people, I think of like, even how our mom's beliefs have changed. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, like they, they were a part of this whole thing going forward. They were evolving too. And I think as a parent now, I can look back and kind of give that credit as like, also there's a lot of education. They had a lot to learn too. Yeah. Well, I think society at large had a lot to learn. We had a lot of growing to do and our parents were that generation of parents were very fearful for us. Yeah. I think it was a little past, it was a little past the, the huge AIDS thing. Cause wasn't that more eighties, early nineties? Yeah. But you got to remember that that was there. That was when they were discovering. Oh, what they learned. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I was so like, the- I don't remember being, I remember learning a lot about AIDS and HIV. Don't get me wrong because of the adults that were educating us in the nineties, but like, I don't well, and where we live in my peer group. It being like, Oh, you're gay. You probably have AIDS. I don't remember it being like that. Oh yeah. No, it wasn't with peers, but it was with adults because they've watched their no, friends that makes die. Total sense. I wasn't, I wasn't following. Yeah. So I, and you know, from all evidence and in interviews and things like that, they have a great relationship with all of their parents, both mom, stepdad and dad. Um, but they, so Sarah was the one that kind of came out and was, was dating a girl in high school and Tegan came out later, but what's really interesting, and they talk about this a lot, not just in the book, but in interviews, um, especially like LGBTQ magazine oriented interviews, they never really talked to each other about sexuality and it caused a huge amount of tension between them. 
not rivalry, but just tension. I wonder if they also like deep down, and, and this is like the life coach in me wanting to talk with them about it, like deep down, if there's some like resentment of like Sarah having to do all the stuff first, and then Tegan could kind of come in and be, you know what I mean? Because there is that thing yeah. like, oh, I did this first and kind of dealt with and navigated this resistance and this, like having the girlfriend being out like that. And then Tegan just gets to come in and like, be like, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. But then there's also the intersection there of Tegan being the social out one. Well, so she's very also, social. Yeah. Also with that comes the more cognizance of peer pressure. True. Very you know? true. Um, so I found that very interesting. They also are, they've done a lot. They have the, the Tegan and Sarah foundation, um, that is supporting LGBTQ healthcare and it spans across North America. And recently they did a COVID survey to see how it specifically affected LGBTQ youth, which they is really cool. That? That's real, like their foundation, I'm guessing. Their yeah. foundation did that. Yeah. But that that's why they formed the foundation. That's crazy. Cause yeah, I mean, we're, we're still kind of in the throes of it. And there's probably some people out there who've completely navigated their own sexuality and are like, what do I do now? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, for instance, when we reopened church after, after the pandemic, we've got kids showing up with different names, different pronouns. Um, basically coming out as they re-enter the church because they went, they were in middle school and now they're sophomores. So it's very, I find, I found their book, Tegan and Sarah's book. I found it very relatable because some of the things, and like just being a teenager in the nineties, some of the things where it's like, and then we went to this, we went two towns over and our friends drove and we were driving really fast at night. And I like, I can remember being a teenager. Like, I don't know how modern parents navigate teens still being in touch with them. I can't imagine. I know that's the thing. Like sometimes I think about what we did and how it was like totally normal to be like, okay, my kids are going to take the car. Also, I need to, like, if you're a listener and you don't, I don't think we've talked about this. We grew up on an island, like, our high school years, or we lived on an island, not, like, in the middle of the Caribbean. It was connected to what we literally called the mainland, and we would get permission, because we didn't have a movie theater on the island, we would get permission to go to the mainland to watch a movie, and you had to go up a pretty major, like, I-45, a major interstate I and hate we driving it now. Literally had our license for like a month. And we're driving usually our parents' cars. And we have permission to go see this movie on the mainland. And we would be gone for like hours. Four hours. hours. Yeah. Probably longer because we'd really just have a curfew. And they just well, we went to see to Titanic, and of course we were gone for three hours just watching the movie. <laughs> I'm just like, how did they not drive up there? And I, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Like there's no trackers. There's no nothing. I mean, I'm like my kids, I'm going to know where they are every second. It's like hovery as that sounds like I, it's just normal now, I guess. Yeah. But we, I can remember when we, I think you got a pager first, a beeper. I got a page. Yeah. 
And then I got our stepdad's old one. But that, that was, was mainly like a minute. I remember that just being like a minute of technology. Like, I don't even remember. Yeah. But part of me I still like- wants one. Like, so there, I, I, Gretchen, if you haven't read it or listened to it, I think that you would really get a kick out of it. Cause there's also such an, such a great, just like a sister story, it's sisters in the nineties. Like never, never mind that they became this amazing, caring, loving, beautiful music duo. And they also went by Sarah and Tegan at first. (laughs) Um, So then Tegan might've said, I'm sorry, you got to be gay first. I'm putting my name first. Um, (laughs) But they are just kids in the nineties in that book. And some of the stories that they talk about, I'm like, Oh no, we definitely did that. And then like the at war with my sister, but my sister's my best friend. Nobody crosses my sister, but I don't want to look at her like that, that teenage intersection. I was like, Oh yep. That's us. Yeah. Oh, I need to read it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it is probably the best book of whatever year I want to say last year, but maybe it came out this year. Um, I could have done that research, but they're just, oh man. Oh no, it came out in 2019. So shame on me for not realizing that. Yeah. Well, any, anything pre COVID is its own era. Like we're going right. to have to change time. We should have just started over in 2020 at zero. You're right. Like BC AD and then PC, which is post COVID or just CT COVID times. And really, we are going to start over in like 2023 and just have three disappearing years. Yeah. But maybe we just call those like the years that never existed, even though like really, really cool stuff. Um, but they also, one thing that you'll notice in their early like stuff podcast is coming out. What? Go ahead. I said, like this podcast. Oh, yes. Out. Like this podcast coming out. <laughs> um, I just, I, I, I adore Tegan and Sarah. I think they're amazing. And having accessed that part of their lives makes me feel like they were my friends. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I, okay. I know that like this wasn't, this was really not meant to be so um, coming back to it, but exactly what you're saying about this, like, you know, it could be labeled as a queer story. It could be labeled as a story about musicians. It could be labeled sisters. as sisters story about sisters but just having it like as a great story i think goes into why you were saying like people are so obsessed with this heartstopper thing because it could be labeled as like a queer tv show um a british teen drama which i would have watched because that's just what they I have do. a song on heartstopper don't they i don't think so i'm gonna look it up Google machine it. but but you know what i mean it's that same like the fact that we were joking like i wasn't gonna watch it because everyone's talking about it is a hundred percent what it is it's like just a good story it's like really relatable if you can get outside of all the other stuff um or stay in it depending on why you're wanting to watch it or not wanting to watch it it's just good story i'm looking it up oh they also did and this is like this this is totally a segue but they did a i never knew about this but they've paired with a like I think it's like the ASPCA, but a Canadian version. Um, they paired with them and they did a pet ready of their music video oh, closer. And so it's all dogs doing their music video, but it oh, was that's when everyone probably knows closer. 
little bit closer. closer. Oh, I did the uh on the Cosa. Um, I don't think they do. Oh man, they should have. They should well, have. Well, okay, it's a British TV show though, and that's not really like a they've kind of stuck with British artists. But it's it they they kind of initiated this entire genre of like I don't want to say middle of the road because they're so unique. Well, it's it's middle of the road be, between like the Lilith Fair and the grunge. Like it's right. not middle of the yeah. road in the sense of middle of the road as as people might like it or not like it, like or good or bad or whatever you're trying to middle the road. Yeah. It is very much, it's the middle of the road area that area. Yeah. Area. Yeah. I I yeah. Said something else. It's the middle of the road where I find myself loving music. Absolutely. And actually, you know why you thought the it was soundtrack on the heart of Heartstopper. <laughs> Well, no, but we both we both were like, how old is this person that did all the music for Heartstopper? Because the music is like 100% Tegan and Sarah. If if they were a genre, that's the music. It's like not quite Lilith Fair. It's not quite grunge. Maybe that's coming back. Maybe they'll yeah. come up with a name for the genre that we actually really like and no one's played into it much. Um, I can tell. So mom calls girl like mom mom calls the riot girl scene angry lesbian music a lot so of this can be well, not that, so angry lesbian toxic, music. so we're not really what'd you call it happy lesbian music not so angry <laughs> oh, not so, yeah you're right it's not happy lilith fair is happy lesbian music i guess and lilith fair is happy and weepy happy and weepy oh it's um i just call it mirror ball you know what i'm talking about Oh, yes, I do know what you're talking hey, about. Hey, I yes. do believe I failed you. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I remember like taking bubble baths to Mirrorball. I do not bubble bath. So that's all you, Gretchen. Um, So just uh, a kind of an aside. Have you seen the new merch on the Tegan and Sarah site? On their website? Yes. Um, So they do have an ugly sweater shirt that I might need to get. But they also have this very much high school. It's like their high school merch is what they're calling it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really kind of funny. Oh, man. It, you, Gretchen, you need to read the book. And everybody that's listening, read the book. I, listen to I the book. will. I, like, I think it's will. worth I think it's worth listening to, honestly, if if you can, um, just to hear those early tapes. And there's such little babies on the tapes. It's so precious. And they have that very unique sound that comes out immediately on the tape because the tapes that they're playing are the ones they they recorded in their bedroom it's not the ones that they recorded in a studio showing up like not knowing what it's going to be like but it's really it's really the alternating chapters it just feels so much like us too like okay you read your chapters i'll read my chapters it's just really good Um, so this wasn't quite like a bio or a scandal reveal about Tegan and Sarah. It's more like just a fan letter. So when you hear this Tegan and Sarah, I also play guitar and sing. And my sister does it with me. If you ever need an opening act. I, I play the chords C and G. I also um, specialize in E and A. Okay. Nobody does it with me. I mean, Gretchen stands beside me and sings along. Yeah. I can also play the piano. She but can that's play not the piano. very portable. And so not a lot of people know this because I can't just whip it out at a campfire. You need to learn guitar. I think that I think that's think the next. That I want to play that. Or I was thinking maybe um, one of those key dulcimers. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Key not dulcimers. a hammer dulcimer, but the, you know, the dulcimers that are just like, 
You oh, the Roseanne Cash. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that's my next foray. Auto harp is what it's called. Auto harp. Key dulcimer, auto harp. Yeah, you know, Alex, taking so- it there, we're ready. We might not know what our instruments are called, but we are ready. Also, my daughter just got a ukulele. That's true. I need to give her ukulele lessons. Yes, because I stepped on her other guitar. That makes me so sad. But that was also a toy guitar. It's time for real instruments. She got a much better thing. It's time for it's time for real instruments anyway. You just made sure we got there. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us for basically me fan gushing about one thing and Gretchen somehow linking it to her thing. Of course. That's what we do. <laughs> that's sisterhood. I don't know uh-huh. if you really like got much out of this episode, except maybe to watch a TV show and listen to a book. But if that's all you got, then you're welcome. It's culturally expansive. That it is. All right. And, well, and a good time with those big words. Bye sisters. Bye sisters. <laughs>